0: On this aircheck episode, it's part one of our four-part series with Barry Scott, founder and host of the national syndicated radio show, The Lost 45s.
1: Barry takes us back to 1982 when he attended Emerson College in Boston and launched The Lost 45s radio show. How he caught the attention of some radio trade publications, he tells a story how his middle school teacher first exposed him to one of those trade publications in class, which became the catalyst to his career, plus his time at an alphabet list of Boston radio stations.
0: Let's go.
2: Welcome to Air Check, Season 4. A podcast about radio's personality. From radio personalities, managers, consultants, owners, and your most humble hosts. From Philadelphia, Rich DeSisto and Paul Kelly. I'm Rich
0: DeSisto.
1: And I'm Paul Kelly.
0: This is the first of a four-part series with Barry Scott, founder and host of the syndicated radio show, The Lost 45s. (laughs) From Boston's Emerson College to prominent Boston radio stations, Barry tells the story of the launch of his specialty show from WERS to the start of his FM radio career, which included WBCN. Boston is the home of the four-letter word that means rock. WBCN. KISS 108.
2: Everybody knows who plays
0: today's KISS
2: music. 108. 108.
3: Wow. Wow. WXKS FM,
2: Chancellor
0: Media Corporation Station.
2: Number one. For today's hit mm-hmm. music. WCOZ. 34 FM. WCOZ. Boston. We just
0: rock and roll. WZLX. Boston's best variety of classics. 100.7. And Mix 98.5.
1: For the best variety of the 70s, 80s, and 90s, listen to Mix 98.5. His interview with Roberta Flack, What It Means to Be a Radio Puker. And we're back!
2: Joey Mack just tried to grab my wiener. No kidding! I think he's into me! <coughs> and we're back! Folks Dirty Dad just pooped on his own wiener. He's got a poop
3: wiener. <laughs>
0: And the unfortunate story of when race became an issue with the music he was playing
3: i was told that i shouldn't play any music by black artists was the way it was put and uh i said i i don't know how that's possible this is top 40 music from the 70s and the stylistics and they're all part of it
1: here he is with a record player under one arm and a wagon of 45s towing behind him please put your hands together and welcome from the lost 45s barry scott
3: Thank you thank you pleasure to be here thank you
1: <laughs> barry the lost 45s this is a show that is just amazing and uh, we're going to talk a lot of, about the show its origins and things like that it's obviously all about the music but you've got a music teacher that helped get your feet rolling on just being in that direction can you tell us a little bit about that
3: my middle school music teacher from sixth grade to eighth grade was The person who exposed me to my first Billboard Hot 100. I don't know how she did it, but she had a subscription to Billboard as a middle school music teacher, which I don't know how they passed that as a line item back then. (laughs) And uh, she would hang the top 100 every week. And at the end of music class, which largely consisted of listening to Jesus Christ Superstar or Beatles or story songs and trying to understand stories and music, which was kind of neat. I would stand and watch and look at every song on that top 100. She noticed that. And at the end of the week, she presented me with her finished billboard magazine
1: that's true i was a middle school music teacher general music and choral director and we did get a subscription to billboard magazine every week and i posted on the door to my room the top 40 and barry would have to come over and look at it every single week to see what was going up and what was going down on the charts at the end of the week when i was finished with a subscription i gave it to barry i think that's what started barry on his whole path of looking for interesting
3: music So starting from the age of 13, I read Billboard from cover to cover before I even knew what radio jargon was. I learned about radio formats and programming and music and the different charts from adult contemporary to hits of the world. And I don't know, I pretty much memorized them. So I dedicated my first book to her, Um, We Had Joy, We Had Fun, which was about recording artists from the 70s. And I told Roberta Flack this story because Roberta Flack was one of the many music stars who were teachers to begin with, and um, she was so touched by it, she sent a little note for me to forward on to my teacher.
2: It's a very, very important thing that people like yourself and like your teacher who inspired you are around because otherwise there would be no moment of great joy and peace and beauty and memories. It's a wonderful thing. There's no way to substitute the experience that happens for the receiver of a music idea, a music lesson, a music thought, the student and the teacher who has the opportunity to deliver it. You know, it's just incredible.
3: So I can't underestimate the power of that woman uh, exposing me to the charts. And by then, I already knew what I wanted to do. So it was great to have that experience.
1: Awesome. For the listeners that don't know about your show, The Lost 45s, it's a specialty show. And, you know, we've got listeners say, well, what's a specialty show? You know, these are the shows that you sometimes hear on weekends on radio stations. Uh, You hear countdown shows and things like that. But describe yours and how unique that
3: it is. Well, I was probably prepping for my show since I was five. Um, (laughs) I I do have an air check that basically is me at five years old announcing Herb Alpert and the Tijuana Brass. And some marches and including once and do you love me um and one song in the, in the wrong speed uh where i just go oops which is pretty much what any grown jock would do but uh so i never really wanted to do anything else um in uh, elementary school i think it is or maybe it was later on they give you an aptitude test and while everybody around me got lawyer or doctor believe it or not i got radio announcer wow uh, so i don't think i wanted anything else and When I got to college at Emerson in Boston, in order to get on WERS, their FM signal there, you had to propose something that was different. Tell them what you want to say, dinky. We
2: are WERS Boston, providing 35 years
3: of excellence in broadcasting.
0: And you know it, the special edition is a part of it on FM 88.9.
3: And believe it or not, in 1981, different was the decade of the 70s. Nobody was playing it in 1981. It was totally overlooked. So that's what I did. I um, started a show. It was then called The Gold Rush and it was on for four years. And by my junior year, it was apparent that the songs were in the 70s that got the most attention. I started calling them Lost 45s and it was Partridge Family and Bobby Sherman and Helen Reddy and Tony Orlando and Dawn still staples on the show. The songs that the minute they left the top 40, they were forgotten, but obviously not by people who grew up with them. And by the graduation time in my senior year, I had gotten a, an incredible amount of press from Billboard. They printed a top 100 of mine, Radio and Records, Friday Morning Quarterback, the Boston Herald, the Boston Globe. And that enabled me to get my first big boys job right out of college.
0: So as you're you're talking about all these lost forty fives as the precursor to uh, putting this show together back in those uh, those early eighties days when you know MTV came on the scene and kind of you know f- put focus on a different style of music and pushed the eighties a little bit more in a forward direction and you're looking back to those uh, to those records those one hit wonders if you will um, I think about uh, you know the the forty fives that I purchased along the way in my youth and you know the, the standing uh, you know at that at that Rack in in the in the you know Sam Goody of of those days or the wall-to-wall sound or whatever the store was back then, Tower Records. Um, and just flipping through and and buying my first 45. Do you remember your very first 45 that you purchased as a kid?
3: First 45 I bought, I was probably about six, maybe five. I heard Leaving on a Jet Plane by Peter Paul and Mary. So kiss me and smile for me. Tell me that you wait for me. Call me like Um, I was living in the Hartford area, and I clearly remember a little transistor radio when I held it just right. It got W-H-Y-N-A-M in Springfield, Mass. The best show in Springfield, W-H-Y-N. And Living on a Jet Plane was playing, and I remember tilting it, so it would just stay in. And um, growing up in Newington, Connecticut, right outside of Hartford, I was able to get Boston radio clearly, and I was able to get New York radio clearly, aside from my favorite Hartford stations. And so I was able to hear all of those charts and listening to all those songs. But I bought uh, Leaving on a Jet Plane. I remember it, it Green Warner Brothers label. I remember John Denver wrote it, and I didn't know who John Denver was. It told you what album it came from. It told you who arranged and produced it, what time it was. And I read everything on there. I even played the flip side because if I was going to spend 69 cents at Bradley's or Zare <laughs> or Kmart, I was going to I was going to hear both sides. And it turns out a lot of the artists appreciate that when you tell them, you know, uh, I was talking to Ron Altback, who was in King Harvest and obviously Dancing in the Moonlight now a staple, although it was once a lost 45 when my show began. And the flip side is called Marty and the Captain. Oh, I always loved it. And I told him and he said that was the song that he wrote that he wanted to push, but the label wanted Dancing in the Moonlight. So you get interesting stories about the flip sides. Probably the most interesting one is the flip side of Seasons in the Sun, which is one of my uh, biggest Lost 45s by Terry Jacks. And I'm 10 years old when I bought that. We had joy, we had fun, we had seasons in the sun, but the- And the flip side's called Put the Bone In. Put the bone in. She asked him at the store Cause my doggie's been hit by a car I The lyrics are put the bone in, she asked him at the store Cause my doggie's been hit by a car And when you're 10, that's like a story song um, so years later, one of my first interviews, which got the ball rolling for my thousand interviews, was with Terry Jacks. I located him on a, on a boat off of the coast of Canada. And the boat was called Seasons in the Sun. And I asked him about the song and I said, I loved it. I used to sing it to my family. And when we had steak or pork chops, I would hand my plate to my mother and say, put the bone in. <laughs> well, record company wanted you to put something on the back That was the throwaway So you recorded a song called Put the Bone In Tell us more about that song <laughs> Is it really a nice little song about a dog who gets hit by a car? <laughs> put the Bone In I figured, well, nobody's going to play that thing But you wouldn't believe the jukebox play I get on that You know, I get a lot of the country towns <laughs> well, It's under two minutes It's nice and quick What's it about?
1: <laughs> well, you'll have to figure that out <laughs>
3: It's just kind of a fun song. In the chorus, I had a lot of Vancouver Canucks, our hockey team, came down to the studio and just sang one part of the chorus right in the middle. It's, a, it's as you can imagine, as now an adult, it's a very dirty song. The Canucks sing on it. It's a bar ditty. And uh, there you go with one of the fun flip sides from the, from my youth.
1: Put the bone in. She begged him. as She paced around the floor.
2: This is an Air Check Rewind, Season 2, Danny Bonaducci. He's six feet tall, and... 200 pounds, and I'm five foot six. And at the time I fought him, I was 158. So theoretically, he was in charge of the fight, if you will. So when I saw how terrified uh, Barry Williams, Greg Brady was, I tried to carry him, but he's so much bigger than me. The audience could tell, and they started booing. And when they started booing, I just dropped him. He hits the floor. They drag him to his corner. We wait a minute, two minutes, whatever, and then they say, "How you feeling?" He goes, "Oh, I'm all right." And they said, "Good," and they threw him back in. ring air check a podcast about radio's personality from radio personalities seasons one and two available now on apple podcasts spotify or google podcasts you can also listen on your smart speaker just say alexa play air check podcast or okay google play air check
1: podcast Barry. Who was the first station that gave you a break? I mean, you did this you know, revolutionary show at Emerson College. you graduate and all right, now where am I going? I have my passion. Who, uh, who said, come on in, come work for me.
3: When I was at Emerson, I, besides being on the FM station and the AM station, I did a lot of internships. Um, I did the, a BCN internship with Mark Parento on the listener line. It's Mike
0: Parento.
2: weekday afternoons beginning at 3, only on the station that gives you classic rock, modern rock, and Mark, 104.1 WBCN Boston. If you're an Aerosmith fan, stay
3: tuned. We have- I went to Kiss 108 and worked under Sonny Joe White, who taught me so much about programming and so much about making radio Stand out, um, be up to date, even if you're he told me, even if you're playing oldies, try to be up to date.
2: Kiss 108 FM, Sunny Joe White. This lady was in town a couple of weeks ago, and we saw her on Channel Four, So Hard with Joyce on Live on Four. Her name is Cindy Lauper. She mentioned then that this song would be out. We got one of the first copies of it. It's on the LP, Hot from That LP, the Cindy Lauper remix of She Up. 108.
3: Um, and he also showed me how to do some sparkle and flash. I mean, Sunny was all about sparkle and flash, and that's what Kiss 108 built its heritage on. And from there, I got an internship um, at COZ. I was there the day that they changed from kick ass rock and roll. Rock
2: and roll radio in Boston. 94 and a half FM, WCOZ.
3: I came in one morning and they were dubbing Automatic by the Pointer Sisters. No the we'll and so that was my first format change. Um, they went hot AC a couple years before that was even a cool thing. Switches switch is on to the new All-Hit Z94.
1: I like the hits, so I made the
2: switch. The switch is on. I switched to the new All-Hit Z94. When I'm not listening to him, I switched to the new All-Hit to Z94.
1: I made the switch to
3: the new All-Hit Z94. The new All-Hit Z94. The switch is on. Um, and then I went to ZLX. Um, when I joined ZLX, they were actually, first they were WKKT, the cat. Probably the worst jingles I'd ever heard. It, it, they used to go meow, meow, meow. Um, And it was just a horrific station, but I ran the board in the morning. Uh, They didn't have any jocks. And I also happened to be there and the day they changed to ZLX. And I walked in one day and they were doing Motown 60s and 70s.
2: Hits 100.7 WZLX Boston.
3: And Gary Guthrie was the PD. Now, Gary is legendary because he took Neil Diamond's You Don't Bring Me Flowers and combined it with Barbara's You Don't Bring Me Flowers and edited them together And when Columbia Records heard about it, they put Neil and Diamond, I mean, Neil and Barbara together, and he got a gold record award for starting that song.
2: Well, now we're about to hear the one most popular single of the week, but it's not going to be the real thing. It's the duet by Barbara Streisand and Neil Diamond, You Don't Bring Me Flowers, returning to the number one spot. And I think everybody knows the story by now of how program director Gary Guthrie at station WAKY in Louisville, brought Neil and Barbara together. He edited their two solo recordings of that song into a duet and he made it a hit in
3: Louisville. So he was the first classic hits PD. As far as I know, he started the format. It didn't exist before that. And he was targeting baby boomers. I brought him in all the information on my show. I've never had, or do I have a particular radio being being big booming jock voice. Um, And I think it took some selling for him. And eventually, I think he realized that I was as ordinary as the records I was playing. Um, (laughs) I mean, you can't really introduce Bo Donaldson and the Haywoods' Billy Don't Be Hero these days in a puking voice. I mean, it's really the whole idea is that I'm someone who loved these tunes when I was growing up and I'm taking them out of my record collection and playing them for someone. And puking through it just doesn't really make sense. So he gave me a slot eventually, I think it took six months of begging him, but he gave me a slot. It was 10 to midnight on Sunday night. And the response was so phenomenal that it became, it was nine to midnight within the three or four weeks. It was eight to midnight. And then it moved to seven to 11 where it was on for a decade. So that's how I got started at ZLX. And I was there, I was also their promotions marketing director. So I was, you know, that was my first big boy job. And um, I stayed there for eight years.
1: Barry, we might have a couple of listeners who are wondering, why is this guy sick to his stomach and puking? Can you explain that to somebody that has no idea what puking means? And then give us an example.
3: Well, some of the boss jocks that I grew up with used to puke a lot. I mean, uh, if you listen to New York radio especially, that was the thing. Our idea of what it might sound like if two top 40 DJs met and talked.
2: On the street. Well, bless my rock and roll top forty celebrities isn't Ronnie Landry, the hip playing fun devil from the land of wall to wall music. Leapin' lizards and golly wow! It's Blue Eyed Bob, the TV bopper's daddy O of the radio. Still playing stacks of wax at the greatest little station.
3: Um, I admire them. I grew up with them. I love some of them. I mean, God, Dan Ingram was one of my favorite jocks of all time. Um. So it was a thing in the '70s, and I'm sure they puked before. They don't be a hero. Um, <laughs> in that radio voice, the kind of radio voice they make fun of in Family Guy a lot.
2: I'd say. In three, two, one. This is the lunch hour with your host. Hey, what's up, Cohog from the station that reaches the beaches? You're listening to Dingo and the Baby.
1: Dingo and the Baby, 97.1 Cohog. Oh,
2: baby. <sighs>
0: What the hell are you doing? What what the hell does that have to do with
2: anything? They're just wacky sounds, you know, to liven things up.
3: D-I-N-G-O. But that isn't really a thing anymore. And I didn't want it to be, nor could I, with my, my voice, emulate that. So I went another way. And I really, I have jumped into a cab in Boston. And just by saying an address, the cab driver has said, you're Barry Scott. I was at Fenway Park one day. And the people behind me said, we heard you talking. Do you do the Lost 45 show? So this voice, especially during pre uh, the diaries that you, know, you had to write down and remember, um, people remembered my voice. And I think that's why the show did so well.
1: So you were walking into these radio stations and getting to do your show. It wasn't you walking in and saying, All right, Barry, here's the format. Follow the scheduled music list. And away we go.
3: Well, Paul, um, I count my blessings for that. Uh, I know it's unusual. I know a lot of people at Emerson went to school thinking that they were going to be in radio and they were going to create their own shows like they did in college. I'm one of the few people who actually got to do that. And I don't think I ever took it for granted. There was always an eye when doing my show and depending who was my PD um, on keeping it hit driven, on making sure that I didn't go overboard in any direction or play anything that was way too obscure or anything that was uh inappropriate and I, I got in trouble a few times from program directors who didn't quite get it. Um and some that really had philosophies that were horrific. Um, I'll give you an example. I won't name names, but at one of my radio stations in Boston, I was told one morning I was called into the PD chair and um I was told that I shouldn't play any music by black artists was the way it was put. And uh, I said, I I don't know how that's possible. This is top 40 music from the 70s and the stylistics and they're all part of it. But I will try. So the next week I got called in again. I told you not to play any black artists and last night you played Casey and the Sunshine Band. And I said, well, besides the fact that Casey's white and that's an interracial group. And by this point, the show was so successful. It was actually more successful than the station that it was on. Wow. I had a... I had a 15 share and they were struggling to get a two or three. So I said, you know, let me just pick the phone up right now. Call the Boston Herald. Because as my a marketing director for so many years, I had good connections. And I said, let them, I'm going to let them know that you don't want to hear black music on your station. And he backtracked a bit. But right then and there, I knew I needed to leave. And I called Greg Strassel, who had just started Mix 98.5 at the time. And he said, come on over. And I had my last show at one station on a Sunday and people on the listener line are saying next week we're going to be on and the next week I was on another station so uh, most of my station changes were fairly seamless but I had a lot of them. Barry Scott taking a stand man he's
1: lucky to be able to have those connections and move around.
0: On our next episode with Barry part two of four Barry reveals how so many music publications get artist facts wrong including the real story around Captain and Tennille's wedding day. How the Lost 45 show is produced with his thousands of audio clips and train wreck segues, the day he decided to go national, his interviews with Beach Boy Brian Wilson, Cher, and how his conversation with Smokey Robinson landed a call from Aretha Franklin, and how a Whitney Houston tribute almost got him
1: fired. You can follow us, stream, and download every episode of Aircheck on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. You can also tell your smart speaker to play Aircheck Podcast. If you haven't done so, give us a great rating. We'd also love to hear from you on our Facebook page. AirCheck Me.
0: This is Rich System.
1: And I'm Paul Kelly.
0: We'll talk
2: to you soon. Closing out another episode of AirCheck, a podcast about radio's personality from radio personalities. If you have radio stories to share, we'd love to hear from you. Join the AirCheck guest list. Email aircheckme at gmail.com. Musical props are Chris Gordon's. Announcer props, I'll take those. Greg O'Brien, the OB. AirCheck is available now on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. You can also Tell your smart speaker to play AirCheck Podcast. AirCheck is the creation of RDPK Productions.